Hello and welcome to I Love You, I Know. I'm Josh. I'm Annie. Um, and what? I don't know. Uh, and this podcast hopefully is going to be the last podcast brought to you through an ambient microphone because I'm going to buy USB microphones since our other microphones are not working and I hate using this mic because I know you can hear Iggy clicking across I... the floor with his <laughs> damn feet. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think he's a little obsessed about the sound quality. I want us to have a quality program. Thank you very much. Right. Um, I need to pick questions on here. Uh, But you have a question for me. So if you're new to the podcast, um, then you will quickly learn. I can't even focus. I I, I so feel like shit right now that I can't even focus on what I'm saying. It's okay. we begin the podcast by asking each other Star Wars trivia questions from the official Trivial Pursuit Star Wars Saga Edition mm-hmm. board game. And Annie asks me a question, I ask Annie a question, and then we ask the listeners a question. Big change between... I haven't even told you this. You ready for this? No. Um, I'm not ready. I am... I'm not ready. Yeah, you are. I am disbanding the I Love You, I Know Twitter account. <gasps> Because I can't see both feeds at once, and it's irritating as all get out, and I don't want to manage two separate accounts. Wow. So We did. We worked so hard on that. Yeah, but you know what? Everyone that follows that account also follows me. So it's not doing us any benefit. Fine. Um, So instead, you can tweet your answers to the Star Wars question. Remember that there will be a prize, although I don't know what it is. Right now, there's just a, a collection of... Uh, prize backlog that Erin has to get because she's gotten all of our questions right. Um, but she's promised not to answer for 24 hours for this question. 24 so, hours you, you 24 have, 24 hours. hours starting now. So there will be a prize. Maybe it'll be a Marvel comic. Maybe a Star Wars comic book. One of the old ones um, will be the prize because I got what? that in my case. Um, those are awesome. Yeah, they are. They make good prizes. No, don't do it. I want those. Those are cool. Okay, I'll come up with a different prize. There will be a Star Wars prize for the first. How about person. a Pez dispenser? No, that's a lame prize. Wow. Um, your lame prize. <laughs> wow. But you won me, so congratulations, Annie. Oh. I'm your lame prize for the rest um, of your life. Yep. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> There will be a prize. I don't know what it will be yet, but there will be one. There and be you great. know what? If Aaron wins again, it doesn't matter. I can pick it out later because yep. I can give it to her anytime. But sure if someone thing. else wins, then... Okay, I'm going to get you back on track. You need to say your Twitter account. My Twitter account. So tweet your <clears throat> answers to at DarthSmitty1138. That is my Twitter account. At DarthSidious. No, Smitty. <laughs> Darth Smitty. Don't confuse people. 1138. Darth Smitty. D A R T H S M I T T Y. 1138. Thank you. Um, so, and I'll tweet about it too from that account to make sure that Aaron knows <laughs> where to tweet the answer. And one more time, that is D A. No, we're, that's good. You're good. Um, <laughs> it cut me off. Okay, so... No, I'm going first. You're going first? Okay. To you. Go ahead. I'm going to keep reading this. Good luck on this. I think I found probably the hardest question in this entire Pursuit game. Okay. What number entered while highlighting THX on the options screen of the Phantom Menace DVD uh-huh. plays a blooper reel? Just based on context, because it's THX, I'm going to guess 1138. Shut (laughs) up! No! 
Well, THX 1138 was George Lucas's student film. So when you said THX, the only numbers that would no! possibly go with that are, you are 1138. Me? I'm not kidding you. Is that why I have 1138? Yeah, that's why I have 1138 on my Twitter oh handle. <laughs> you literally, we just got done talking about my Twitter handle, and you gave asked me a question whose answer is in my Twitter handle. As I was asking it, and I remembered the answer, I was like, 1138. Break. This is something from something. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> Shoot. Oh, my God. All right, whatever. Well, you know what? What Josh still remains to be defeated in this game. It's so irritating. Okay, here's your question. <sighs> Who is sent away to the Imperial Command ship with the praise, your work here is finished? Oh. Can you say it in the voice? Sure. Uh, who is sent away to the Imperial... Uh, to the Imperial Command ship with the praise, your work here is finished. Yeah, that's that mean guy. Mm-hmm. And who does he send away? I think he says, says it to Darth Vader. He does say it yeah, to Darth yeah, Vader, yeah, yeah. babe. You he's got so it. proud of me right now. Darth Vader. If only you guys could see the smile on I his am face. so happy. He's coming to life again. Um, okay, we need one for the listeners. Um... Um, let's see. Bada bing, bada boom. Here it comes. Make sure you tweet this to D A R T H S M I T T Y one one three eight on Twitter. Okay, this one may be too easy, but we're gonna go for it. I think it would be fine. Okay. Um, it, just keep in mind, this one's so easy that if anybody out there listening does not get it within 24 hours, my sister is going to get it. Yeah, because she deserves it. <laughs> I don't know about that. Who latches on, so this is for the listeners, tweet your answer, at Darth Smitty. I just did that. Who latches on to a weather vane just before plunging into the atmosphere of Bespin? I don't know the answer. One more time. Who latches on to a weather vane just before plunging into the atmosphere of Bespin? That is the question for this week for a fabulous yet undetermined Star Wars prize. He's so used to holding that card during the game that he like hid it from you guys while he read it. <laughs> that is true. Just in case. As if you could just see. In case you guys could see the answer. See. I was hiding it carefully. I don't want you to see the answer. Why? Because I wouldn't I like have said the it. Mystery. Well, that's not nice. It's not educating of you. <laughs> well, you just want to no. win at this game for the rest <laughs> of your life. Um, anyway, so Annie and I each have stuff we want to talk about on this podcast, but we're going to let Annie go first, partly because it's probably the more, a topic that is more generally interesting to a non-Star Wars, um, listener base, a listener base that maybe is not our typical listener really? base, but I think it's awesome. Oh. Yeah. Um, so what are you going to talk about today? Well, I think I dropped the baby. Yeah, not, not... Just to be clear to the listeners who don't know us, the baby is still inside of her. She did not physically drop a baby. This is true. The, the, the baby is fine. I think the it's baby still in her womb. has dropped in yes. my womb. To the cervix? Is that where it goes? The Shh. birth canal? You were paying more attention during that than I was. It dropped from the somewhere All in I know her abdomen is that, to somewhere yeah, else in her abdomen. It goes in your crotch. No, not even in your abdomen, Josh. It's your crotch. It's Down like, in the vag. It is in the, in the pelvic region. Okay. In the Netherlands. So why don't you tell, we're in our third trimester of pregnancy, and I think that some people, if you happen to be listening to this and you are either pregnant or have a child or thinking about having a child, I think that it's always good to kind of hear about what's going on. Mm. So what would you say have been the most, most noticeable symptoms of your third 
trimester? Um, uncontrollable crying and rage. Okay, so those are emotional symptoms. What about physical symptoms? Oh, you wanted physical? You I didn't say physical. physical. I guess I didn't. Let's I said get physical. I guess physical. I said any symptoms. Well, you don't want to talk about my psychoticness? <laughs> um, I mean, there's that. You've been pretty psychotic. You don't, think how, you don't think it's funny how psychotic we've been? I didn't say that. I'm just saying that we've been pretty psychotic at each other. Yes. Because I'm psychotic. So, mm -hmm. like, dealing with me has made you psychotic. But just remember, men... No matter how tired and angry you feel, you <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> because you haven't. Like I don't think he. I don't think. Back up a little bit. I don't think that you have been. Like I don't think you've ever said anything in the middle of the night that's been bad. No, but I've wanted to. And <laughs> the fucking truth comes out. And um, I've want I've wanted to really just give you shit sometimes because I'm like I can't take this anymore. But then I have to remind myself I am not the one growing a human. Yeah. You are awake just as much as I'm awake, if not more. Oh no, absolutely. Because sometimes I I wake up and I need to move and I feel frozen because I know how many times I've woken up and I don't want to wake you up. So I feel like I'm frozen because I know if I start moving. Hey, stop it. Oh my god. Our dogs are being bad. We haven't played with them yet. So they're a little energetic. Um, but yeah, anyway, I feel frozen sometimes in bed because I feel like I can't wake you up because I know how exhausted you're going to be. And then by being exhausted, by both of us being exhausted, our patience level is pretty null and void. So, you know. Well, I think, I think too that people tell you like, you hear all about how once you have a kid... You're not going to get any sleep because the baby's going to keep you up all the time. But nobody really talks about how pregnancy is going to keep you up all the time. Yeah. You like, and everyone tells you, oh, make sure you're sleeping as much as you can. I would fucking well, love to. Yeah, exactly. It would be great if I could. You know what? If I take a nap right now, I'm not going to fall asleep tonight and nope. be up all night. Yep. I went to bed at 7.30 last night. No, two nights ago. And ended up waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning with excruciating pain in my abdomen. Then Josh, for a half a second, thought maybe I was having a baby. And in my delirium, I knew it wasn't happening, but then started getting paranoid that it could happen. And well, then I mean, what you were by describing the end of it, sounded like contractions. Well, right. You know I mean? like and it, it was... They may have been Braxton Hicks. We don't know because we're so new at this. Braxton Hicks are fake contractions for fake. those who may not know. Fake, fake, fake. Well, they're somewhat real, though. It actually is your body. Right, but I mean, they're not labor contractions. Well, they call false contractions. Right. They call that something different. Braxton Hicks are natural to your body because they're actually helping the baby get down. Right. I should clarify. What I mean is a Braxton Hicks contraction is not a labor. You're not in labor. You're not in labor when you have this. Yes. So, I'm sorry. I understand now. So, where was I going with this? I don't know. One of the dogs farted and it smells horrible. This is just our life now. God damn. Well, anywho. Oh, yeah. So, then I was up at three. Then I decided... To lay in bed and try and soothe myself back to sleep until four. Till four rolled around. And I said, oh my god, I cannot stare at this ceiling any longer. <laughs> so I woke Josh up and I said, Josh, just so you know, I'm going to go disappearing. She had to wake me up. At this reason. point in time, I couldn't sleep. I'm going to go in the shower and I don't want you to worry about where I am. Yep, I would have been asleep. Well, you know what? In his, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> if he had woken up, he'd been like, oh my God, Andy's having the baby. Where is she? Where is she? Yeah, I probably would have. So I told him so that he wouldn't have to worry about where I was or what was going on. And then you know what? 
I ended up staying up. I took a shower and I stayed up until I went to work. I can't imagine that. I cannot imagine. And then I worked till seven seven o'clock. And when I got back, that was, was your late day. The yes. day that you got up at three. Oh my god. Yep. So there's. So she that. woke up at three a.m. Went into work at what eleven? Probably ten. Ten thirty. Ten thirty and worked until seven. PM God, and then we didn't go to bed probably till ten o'clock yep. last night. Yep. Um, but it's just been sleeping has been ridiculous because and maybe you can obviously you can speak to this better than I can because I don't know exactly where your pain is like happening, but some sort of pain and discomfort is keeping you up at night. I don't know what. Yeah, it's what a it ton is. of like hip pain. Like I feel like my hips aren't even attached to like my legs anymore. I just feel like they are two separate entities. And when I walk, I honestly feel like the characters, like the character soldier things and like the Christmas movies, where their legs like swing out and come around. Like instead of a waddle. What the heck are you talking about? You know, like the toy soldiers, like they, you know how they, well, I mean, they walk, oh yeah, they walk straight. There's one that like their legs whip around. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're really broken toy soldiers. I don't know. But anywho, my legs essentially as I walk are like peg legs and they just, they, it's like they go. I'm trying to picture what toy you are thinking of that swings their legs like Maybe outward. it's not a toy soldier. It's a different toy. I know. I'm trying to come up with that. I don't well, know you know my brain. This is how it's working. So I, that's how my, my pelvic region feels. So when I wake up, I feel like I can't be on this hip anymore because it's usually this pain that's like just resonating in one part of my hip and then I have to flip over on my other side. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially what I've been doing. Last night, I tried something new. I tried not flipping over, fighting through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I actually woke up less. I'm picturing you having like, you know, like in the Civil War, when they would have to amputate in the field <laughs> and they would give someone like birch bark to bite yes. down on and like yes. fight through it. That I was me. You like yep. bearing down. Yep. That was me. And I was like, you know what? I'm not. And then I thought, and I always go pee when I wake up because I always assume I have to pee. Well, this time, because essentially in the third trimester, the, the need for peeing is completely consistent every second of every day. Even after you've emptied your bladder, you get up and you're like, I think I have to pee again. I've actually sat back down on the toilet thinking maybe I have and, to pee more. And so the medical reason for that is because the baby is always pushing on your bladder, right? right. He's taking up so much space exactly. that he always so, makes you feel like you have to pee. I decided not to pee last night, not to get up and pee. I didn't get up once to pee. You rebel. I, I was like, I might get a bladder infection from this, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even care. <laughs> because I was up for so many hours. I was up since three. Yeah. Then previous day. So anyway, long story short. It doesn't have to be long story physical, short. We're only 15 minutes into the podcast. You can talk about whatever you want. Physical problems with your body, yes. Emotional, mental, because of the physical, yes. And you know what? Was, uh, this is so... That's what we're going to talk about with that. This was so funny. I was sitting with a resident today, and I was telling her, she she kept thinking that my baby was coming on March 24th, her birthday. That was what she was She saying. was a month off? Yeah. And okay. every time I'd remind her, I'd say, no, it's April 24th. April. She'd go, no, 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 it's going to be March. And so <laughs> Jeez, that would be March terrifying. 24th came, and, and she's like, where's the baby? And so... <laughs> 
now we were sitting there talking and she's finally like, he screwed me up because now I realize it's April 24th. <laughs> and, now and that he didn't show up. Now that he didn't show up, right? And, um, and so I was telling her fun facts that we've learned in our centering, which is a nice group that we um, go to. It's done now, but through our pregnancy, we went to Midcoast Hospital with the midwives and they have a program where you get to meet other couples that are also pregnant and in due in the same month you are there are two other girls that are due the same day as me so um we've been experiencing all of our symptoms together and it's very interesting we learned in centering that amniotic fluid oh my god this is so gross is the fluid that the baby is in in the placenta and so you always hear about people's water breaking the amniotic fluid coming out blah 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 well, we found out at Centering that amniotic fluid is actually the baby's pee. Yeah. I always thought that there was some magical, like, fluid that the baby was floating around in there. Yeah. No, the baby's just floating around in his own pee. Like, you're and thinking, you know like, oh, you know what? The umbilical cord is like this little water hose from me that gives, they take water through this umbilical cord. Which no, they do. it is the baby's Pee. Well, they do take water through the umbilical cord, but then they have to pee it out. So yeah. they pee it into amniotic fluid. <laughs> so there's that. And and then they were also talking about when your water breaks. Oh, wait, are you done with the pee thing? Because I have one more thing to say about the pee thing. Before oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the worst part is, is like because the baby is able to open its mouth, the baby drinks the pee. Yeah. Like oh, it yeah, floats yeah, yeah. around in its own pee so, like, and then it gulps the pee down yeah. and then it pees the pee out and it's this endless cycle <laughs> of just like floating around and guzzling urine. And right now when you're thinking, ew, that's so disgusting, you were born that way. Yep. You did everybody, that. Everybody, everybody listening to this podcast has guzzled pee. Has guzzled their own pee. <laughs> now, the interesting thing too is that like babies when they're in there in the womb practice, pee, they practice drinking, they practice um swallowing so like they have to do this function and mm -hmm. they've got no choice like if only we could go into their brains and realize are they satisfied when they're drinking their own pee? <laughs> yeah are they like oh i know i have to do this because i gotta learn how to drink but this is yeah. disgusting or maybe that's why they're so mean when they come out and they make you hurt because they're mad that you put them in there for nine maybe months that's why so many people like bud light because it reminds them of piss <laughs> in the womb wow <laughs> <laughs> that's like their new like marketing slogan <laughs> yeah just like home just like being in mama's womb <laughs> oh. anyway. and and then the other thing is i told her that really freaked her out i said you remember how they always told you to like look at your amniotic fluid and look at the color of it and see what it's like She's like, yeah, and I said, well, they they tell you that it can be dark and it can be like, bah, bah. It, it can be like brown, and she, and I said, do you know why? And she's like, what? And I said, sometimes when the baby's in distress or when the baby like gets scared about something, maybe it's like, I don't know, something traumatic. If they the will, if the umbilical cord gets squeezed, it yeah, just might happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, then they will poop themselves. Yeah. In the womb. So not only are they floating around eating their own, drinking their own piss. But it's mixed with their poop. And like, you know Possibly. what? Like, babies come out and like, people always smell them and are like, oh, this baby smells so good. You know what? That baby has just been sitting in baby urine. smells like piss and shit. <laughs> that baby's been sitting in urine for nine months. It's like a pickled, it's like a pickled baby. We should start, <laughs> we should start 
Like a perfume line. New baby. <laughs> it's just collect amniotic fluid. Oh. You know what is kind of interesting, though? I don't want to test this. But I wonder if... Because I wonder if the baby, like... If the baby's pores excrete something. Like, I wonder if the amniotic fluid smells different. <laughs> this is getting really weird. Than the baby. Like, I wonder if you smell the baby when it comes out. And then you smell the amniotic fluid... I wonder if it's different. I mean, like, nobody, I can guarantee nobody's tried this. Maybe, I mean, maybe somebody on a maternity ward somewhere, some nurse. If you're a nurse out there and you're somehow listening to this really geeky podcast and you know the answer to this, We can also just ask our nurse. Please tweet us at D-A-R-T-A. You don't have to spell it. You don't have to spell it every time. Smitty1138. Oh my god! I just don't. I hope that's actually. My, I always get my Twitter handle mixed up. No, I think that's right. Okay, um, I always get mixed up with my old Republic username because <laughs> they're so close, but they're different. Yeah. So those are some funny things that I think are funny and weird about pregnancy. It's been a it's been a roller coaster of emotions, and Josh can tell you that I have. He wouldn't tell you this, but I would tell you. That I have fallen to pieces many a days, and he has been there to pick them all up. So, um, you got to have a good person in your life in order to go through something like this. Thank you. Yeah. Well, besides having a good person, um, before we wrap up this topic, do you have any, especially for the third trimester stuff, like the aches and pains, do you have anything that's worked for you that you would recommend, or are you just biting down and suffering through it? (laughs) Well, there's also that, yes. Ignorance is bliss. But when you're not being ignorant and you fall to pieces and your when you're husband, not being ignorant and your husband <laughs> picks them back up. You and, hear that, pregnant ladies? If you're ignoring the pain, then you're an ignorant individual. It's true though. Like if we like there's things you can do and sometimes like stubbornness just gets the best of you. Like how annoying is it when everyone's trying to do everything for you? I'm sure after this I'm gonna be like, why isn't people why aren't people helping me? Why aren't people giving me help? Because everyone's just like, let me help you. Let me help you. You can't hold that. Well, you so, also don't let them half the time. I know. But the, and my point is, going from being a very independent person to people just like wanting to help you all the time is frustrating. But when you can get out of your own way and get out of your own ignorance there, and you hear your husband look at you and say, maybe you should go take a bath because I know that always helps you. And you're like, ugh. So baths are one of those things that you never want to do them. But they all have you taken a bath yet that did not make you? I've feel never better? not taken a bath that has made me feel a hundred percent better. Yeah, exactly. So Josh, will but it's a pain in the ass because like, you got to draw the bath, and then it's oh, not a matter of drawing the bath, Josh. Think about a whale getting out of a no, tub. I was gonna say, you got no this muscles. This reminds me of a story. This reminds me of a story. Well, I would help you out of the tub. You never asked me for help. I know we have a grab bar. Thank God, some old person <laughs> lived in this house at one point in time. Um. That reminds me of the story. Can I tell the story about when I came in and you were in the tub? You remember? And you said the thing about... I'm going to tell it anyway. I'm going <laughs> to tell it anyway. I'm going to tell it anyway. Oh, um, shoot. I laughed. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so I came in and he was like, I think you called me in because I think you needed a towel or something. And I come in and this was in Annie with her third trimester. And so her belly is out of the water and she's like almost in tears and she just goes... I'm like a whale. My belly doesn't fit under the water anymore. It's so sad. And she was just like laying in and like everything, every part of her body was submerged except her head 
and her belly is <laughs> like this little like bump rising out of the water. She was she was so upset that she couldn't fit. In you gotta the be creative. Anymore. And like last night, um, when I was trying to get you to take a bath, and you were like, you were like, but it's so cold because my belly won't fit in the water. Because <laughs> it gets wet and then it just sits out of the water, and I just. And, like, the baby's cold. Like, then the baby starts kicking, and that's uncomfortable. He kicks, really, when he's cold? Yeah. He's very sensitive to heat, which is why usually when you put your hand on my belly, he kicks right away because he Mm -hmm. feels the heat. But I I don't know. I just feel like you have to be creative. And I've had to, like, learn how to adapt like a wild animal, you know? I'm like, oh, okay, my belly doesn't fit anymore. So I guess I got to lie on my right side in the tub. So I'll lie on my right (laughs) side. And then, like, then I have to make the decision, do I go back to my back and then go to the left, or do I go onto my belly, get my belly in there for a little bit, which if you've ever, if you've ever been pregnant. It's like ice cream cone in Jimmy's. You got to do one side, (laughs) and then you got to flip it over and get the other side. And, like, if you've ever been pregnant before, you can understand how uncomfortable it is to actually lie on your stomach when you're pregnant, because that baby does not like that. That's, that just squishes the baby in every possible way. So, like... Flipping over in the tub onto my belly is easier, <laughs> but it hurts more. Well, yeah, the baby's probably like, what the hell is going on? But then the baby's like, ooh, that's nice and warm. And yeah, he's the, like, ooh, that's nice and, oh my god, my face is squished then, against the bottom of a but tub. But then the, the muscles that need to relax are all the muscles in my belly, so and it starts to feel good, but you have to get on your side in order to get there. Yeah. So I, you know, anyway. I can't imagine laying on your side in the tub because the tub does the weird incline <laughs> Listen, thing, and I feel like you'd yes. be like twisted. Your head. You're, Think yeah. about your head. No, I can't. It's messed yeah. up. I've I've often thought about getting one of those little tub pillows that you like stick on with stickies mm-hmm. because it hurts so bad. But I'm like, oh, it hurts so bad, but it feels so good in other places. So you just kind of like that's just basically how pregnancy is. It hurts, but it. It brings good things. Yeah. So you're like, I'm going to do this thing. And every day you wake up like, do I have a soul today? Do I feel <laughs> purposeful today? Or am I just a shell? I saw, am I just an incubator right I saw now? a thing on Reddit that made me think of you. And it was like um, a person running through a finish line in a marathon. Like they had the, the marathon string and the person was and raising their hands up. they themselves? No, they were raising their hands up and there was like confetti going everywhere. And then it like zoomed out and it was just them getting out of bed. And they were like celebrating <laughs> the fact that they made it out of bed. And oh, I was like, yep, that would be. Yep. That would be Annie. Yeah, Josh um, has to like forklift me out of bed now. Well, that's not true. I mean, the last couple of days, today was an exception. Most days you're up before me, or at least like we both got out of bed. Today was the, old, wanna, the first day. You want to know why? Why? <laughs> you don't even realize it. It's like the second or third day I've slept on that side of the bed. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any difference? You're next to the alarm. No. Iggy's on that side of the bed? No. I don't know. There is a wall on the other side with a door. And I have to stick my arm outside the door and pull up. I use the wall to get up. And so because now I'm on that side of the bed, I can barely get up. And when I have to go pee, it's really hard. So I usually have to fling my legs out and gravity just kind of pulls the rest of me up. That's only if I can swing my legs fast without pulling a muscle in my groin. So the struggle is (laughs) real. But... That side of the bed just feels way more comfortable for some reason. It's a good side of the bed. I should know it was my side of the bed. 
I know, but we've sw- we've switched. We have swapped several like, times. Many times. Mm-hmm. And I just can't decide if it's just a desire to always have your side. That makes it <laughs> the feel grass so is always good. greener. Scenario. Yeah. And then like one of these days I'm going to be like, I'm going to be on that side. And then I'll go on that side and be like, this side is the best. Mm. But I think you just put up with me. So thank you for putting up with me. No problem. Because clearly I mean, you didn't put up a fight when I asked to have that side. You're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, but at this point, I just want to sleep through the night. So whatever's <laughs> gonna get you, whatever's gonna get you more comfortable, so that I can sleep. Right. Last night, I think helped because I kept the dogs on my side of the bed, and you were like your own self-contained unit mm. inside your maternity pillow. I don't know though. Annie has this awesome maternity pillow that wraps around her entire body and puts her in like a force field. And so, <laughs> last night she was totally self-contained, and I think that that helped a lot. I think it was just because I ignored all of my desires. I think I just was like, nope, going back to bed. Oh, you have to pee? Nope, going back to bed. So we've hit about the half hour mark. Um, Are you good with capping out the pregnancy conversation? Yep. We talk about what I want to talk about? I'm nervous. I don't even know what your topic is. is. It's going to be an easy easy thing to talk about. Oreos? Um, So, no, not Oreos. Oh, I want some Oreos now. Um, So (laughs) if you tuned in to listen to Pregnancy Talk, the Pregnancy Talk is over. Uh, Feel free to... um, depart now we're going to move into part two of the podcast where uh i would like to discuss because it just came out on blu-ray and dvd and i haven't talked about it on the podcast i would like to talk about rogue one with you if that's cool one yeah so r-o-g the health portion the health and life and wellness (laughs) portion of the podcast is over and we are moving into the star wars portion i think you've said that three times you are so delirious oh my goodness would you just start talking yes Rogue One. Um, I was wondering if you're going to wait until that timer hit 30. 30 it's so even. It is so close. But no, two, I'm not going to. No, I'm going to start three, talking about Rogue One four, right now. We're starting no, the Rogue One segment before fine. it hits 30 minutes. Make sure you tweet D-A-R-T-H-M-I-T-T. Yes, I won. I won. Annie, this isn't even going to line up because I'm going to add the intro music and then it's going to be passed. Screw you. So it's not going to line up. No, it actually will because the intro music takes about five seconds. Exactly. Never mind. Anyway. So, what were your opinions of Rogue One? Whoa, you're going to start with me? Well, I mean, everyone knows how I feel about Rogue One. It's a Star Wars movie. I loved it. Rogue One. I've seen that movie at least ten times. No, you haven't seen it ten I haven't seen it ten times. Yeah, you have. Nuh-uh. I've seen it nine times. Okay, so then I've seen it eight times. I was not with you once because I didn't... Well, I saw it with Jen. You weren't with me that time. <sighs> I saw it with Chris and Brian. You weren't with me that time. I've seen it five times. I think you've seen it five times. I think my husband doesn't think I'm as much of a Star Wars fan That's as not him. true. I'm just pointing out. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. Do you like it? That's the question <laughs> I'm asking you. This is all irrelevant. Do yes, you like it? I think that... I already forgot her name. See, that's the problem Jin. I was going to ask you about. Jin, Jin, Jin. Okay. Yep. Jin Erso. That's the problem you were going to ask me about? Continue, and then I'll ask you about it afterwards. Oh, because I don't know people's names. No, no, no. Not, it had nothing to do with you. Well, it has to do with the movie. I think that Jin is an awesome character. Oh, and also this goes without, I'm sure this goes without saying because the movie's been out now for a long time, but I'm probably going to talk about spoilery stuff. Yeah, because it's But if you happen to be listening to a podcast called I Love You, I Know, I can't imagine you have not seen Rogue One. Right. So, but like, I mean, watching Rogue One is awesome, but like watching you watch Rogue One is even better. No. I think watching your reactions the first time we saw it 
was my favorite thing. Also, when we went to go see it, I got out of work early so that we could stand in line. When I got to the theater, the guy was like, <laughs> what line? Yeah, there was no and line I for said, no one. And literally there was no humans in the lobby. And this was like the first show that you could possibly see of Rogue One. It yeah. was like the premiere. In Brunswick, Maine. No, wait. Yeah, yeah, it's in Brunswick. And no one was there. And literally nobody was there. So I was like, well, are you going to start a line? Because when we went to the other Star Wars movie in... Sako, we had to be there like two hours early. There were already people in line. Yeah, we weren't even there. We were there three hours early and there were people in line. Yeah. So like we we were very serious about getting in line early. And like I'm like, are you gonna start a line? He was like, Um, if you wanna go wait by that trash can, you can. <laughs> and I was, was like, so thanks. Like, thanks a lot, man. We felt like the biggest nerds on the planet because we were then, at this theater. Then they told oh us God. to go sit on the, the bench and relax, because I think they were thinking we were a little too stressed out about it. <laughs> and the theater no, was clean that was going to have Rogue One in it. So they just decided to let us go in. Yeah. Like two the next, hours early. The next uh, group of people did not show up until an hour before the show yeah. started. Yeah. And then most people didn't show up until a half hour. There were people walking in like as the yeah, movie was like starting. Five to minutes roll. before. It was crazy. And I feel like madness. I feel like just watching Josh's reactions, even like waiting with Josh in the theater for this movie was an experience because he's just so excited. So mm -hmm. like anytime you can be around Josh and watch Star Wars is one of my favorite things. It brings out the best in me. It does. You just, just like I can absorb. Some say marriage is supposed to bring out the best in you, but that's not the case. Star Wars. Sometimes brings you out need the best to go to Star Wars. Yep. yep. I mean, we should, we should probably write a book about <laughs> yep. that. Sometimes. So I just feel like I enjoyed that, but I also enjoyed like the storyline, and I, I really, if I hadn't known you, I wouldn't have understood at all what what it meant, like trilogy wise, like where it would fit in, not trilogy wise, but. You know what I mean? Yeah. Series-wise. Right. I, like, where it would have made sense to me. Like, And I think they did a great job at explaining it. Well, and they cap it off super nicely. Like, at the end, um, and again, spoilers, at the end, when the Tanti 4 gets the Death Star plans, and the plans are handed to Leia, yeah. and, like, they take off, and Darth Vader pursues them, and it's like, bam, that's the beginning of A New Hope. I yeah. feel like that ties it together That's when really you understand, well. really, like, what's going on. But I, th I do think it's funny because if you go see it not knowing that, then you, like, it would take you a long time to realize what that mm -hmm. means. I, so. the big question, the reason I started to say the thing about you not remembering Jin's name earlier is because one of the biggest criticisms of this movie has been that the characters weren't developed enough. Mm. Do you feel like you got what the characters were about? Like, do you? Absolutely. Do you think, did you like the characters? Loved them. Who was your favorite? Jin. Jin was your favorite? Yeah, because I think she's pretty sassy. Oh, you know what? K2O. K2SO. K2SO. Mm -hmm. 1138. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he was, oh man, his humor was pretty funny. Yeah. Alan Tudyk's great. Anyway. He was a character who was a robot and I still liked him. Yeah. You like robots. You like R2. You like BB-8. BB-8's a robot. I know. I'm just saying like, like how could people not like those characters? Um, well, I think there is one thing that I kind of understand, and that's the beginning of the movie is a little all over the place, I feel like, and I also feel like it's a little slow. Like, when I first watched it, when we saw it opening night, um, I was super into it because I didn't know what was happening. But now that I've seen the movie nine times, 
I just want to get through the beginning because yeah. I know. You know what I mean? I'm like, I get it. I get who the characters are now. I just want to see the action scenes. I just want to see ships blow up. And that's sort of where it leads to. And, like, the second half of the movie is amazing. It's just like a yeah. race to the finish. Like, it's so action-packed and it's so good. But I feel like a lot of the exposition in the beginning is a little slow. Um, I was really surprised, though, because unlike most Star Wars movies, I could not pick one favorite character. And maybe it's because all the characters were kind of underdeveloped. But I liked all of them equally, mm. except for a couple of characters. Oh. So it's not even that, like, it's not even that I have a favorite. It's really that I have two not favorites. Okay, go. Um, and I think this is going to surprise you. I'm not big on Cassian Andor. The main, I think you the said lead, that. The lead guy. You know who I'm talking about? You said that when we watched it, and I was like, what? You know who I'm talking about, though, Cassian. Yes, of yeah. course. So I'm not big on Cassian. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he's too like Joe Everyman, like he's kind of unmemorable, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, everyone else has their thing and he's kind of like there. just the guy. Yeah. He's in a, he's in the mission. Yeah. Um, he's so, a meat shield. Well, he's not a meat shield. <laughs> K2SO is the meat shield. He's the one that like blows himself up. I suppose. Up. So, anyway. Um, so he was, I wasn't, didn't like him as much as the rest of the team. And then I wasn't super big on director Krennic. The bad guy in white. Oh, yeah. I didn't think he was that. I mean, I like the actor. Like, ben, <laughs> you know what's funny about him? Ben Mendelsohn's a good actor, I think, but I, I just didn't like the character all that much. I said to Josh, it looks like he has, like, some of my residents have oversized um, dentures <laughs> for their mouth, and, like, there's a couple scenes where he's talking and he's mad. It looks like his teeth are falling out. It just looks like Oh, uh, well, it's because of that lip. It's because he has that lisp and he gets, like, a bunch of saliva in yeah, his mouth. Yeah, and it looks like it's, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, just, like, I think part of the reason this. I don't like director Krennic, though, is because as a Star Wars fan, I always assumed that Tarkin oversaw the construction of the Death Star. Yeah. So when they introduce this new director character, and Tarkin's still there, and Tarkin has to, like, take control back from Krennic, it just seems weird. It seems like Krennic's this weird in-between character. Yeah. And I'm not totally sold I could see him. that. Like, I could totally see I that. I almost, if they were going to do CG Tarkin, I almost would rather just have had Tarkin than the bad guy. Because right. he's the the guy in charge. Or have Tarkin always be in charge and have Krennic be someone underneath him. I thought the fact that Krennic was in charge and then Tarkin took it back, I thought that that just felt really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, because Also because at the end of episode 3, it looks like Tarkin's in charge. And then at the beginning of episode four, Tarkin's in charge. So what the hell happened in the middle Right. that that Krennic gets to take over? But anyway, right. um, either way, I was not big on the Krennic character. I kind of want to know more, though. There's a book called Star Wars Catalyst. Ooh. And they wrote it to go along. I know, I can tell I'm losing you. Um, I really they wrote mean? it. I don't know. Like, I'm talk- I just talk- feel like I'm talking a mile a minute. And you're just kind of, like, absorbing <laughs> I'm trying not to think about the fact that I have to pee. I'm doing that ignorance. Oh, oh, okay. I got you. Um, So there's this book called Star Wars Catalyst that takes place right before Rogue One. And it talks about Jin's upbringing. And it talks about how Galen was a scientist. And it talks a little bit about his mother. Mm. And, like, it explains a little bit more the relationship between Galen and Lyra and Krennic. And, it like, that whole thing, the whole life that they had before Galen went into hiding. 
um, that book explores that a lot more. And so I think it'd be really cool to read that book because I listened to a podcast called Now This Is Podcasting, um, and they did a review of Rogue One, and a lot of them seemed to appreciate parts of Rogue One more because they had read Catalyst. Yeah. So they had like all this background for Krennic and um, Lyra and Galen and the whole gang. So I thought that that was... Um, I thought that would be interesting to read Catalyst and then watch Rogue One again. But I'm super excited. Oh, one thing. Can oh, I do one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you sure it's not going to. We're going to. No, no, no. This is. I like um, The Force is with me. The... Me too. Oh my god. I love I Chiru. I'm one with The Force. The Force is with me. Um, and his buddy Baze. I love yeah. the two of them. I want, like, you know what I think would be awesome? And maybe it's out, actually. This might be a thing. I would love a Chirrut Baze comic book series. Like, Ooh. following the adventures of Chirrut and Baze. Yeah, because you wonder how he got to that point. Like, yeah. the Force is clearly with him. He is, like, badass. I know, and there's been arguments about whether or not he's Force-sensitive. Like, whether or not he can use the Force. You obviously, can totally tell I mean, he is. Obviously, he used the Force somehow. I mean, well, he fucking walked out and, thing, like, though. laser bolts, just blaster bolts, just flew past I'm gonna him. get medical up on you, because oh, God. I do think that maybe people feel like he's not... Because of the fact that when you lose your vision, your your hearing okay. multiplies. And I think he uses that to his advantage. I agree. And I think that he's learned how to adapt that way. And they imply that in the scene where he kicks a bunch of stormtroopers' asses. Mm-hmm. Right before he does it, you he remember hears, he listens, he hears he like hears, the gun. Yeah, and, it's like Sherlock Holmes moment. Yeah, or Daredevil. It's like the Daredevil or stuff. Or that, Because yeah. Daredevil's actually okay, blind. fine, yeah, whatever. But... <laughs> but the the one thing that I think proves that he is at least some degree force sensitive this is no way this is just hearing there's a part where they're in the rain on Edu and a TIE fighter is flying by right mm-hmm. and remember he does this thing he breathes into his hand he goes oh, and then he goes like this and then he shoots a shot without looking oh. and hits the TIE fighter and then the TIE fighter uh, goes no, I didn't hits. notice that. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's totally him using the force to hit that TIE fighter. Like, he, he's not or hearing that TIE fighter. here's this. Here's this. He hears the TIE fighter, but he has studied the force and studied the... It's almost like when you're a, a yogi student and you're learning yoga. <laughs> Is that what they're called, yogis? I think so. Oh. I think you're a yogi. Okay. If you practice yoga. I well, think... I, I, I would not know any better, um, so I believe you. And so I think, like, like I feel like, and my brother has mentioned this, that, like, people believe the Force as, like, a religion. And, yeah. And I feel like you could probably practice certain traits of it, like that one, with your skill set. So, like, he can hear things, so he can hear it coming, and he knows that, you know, centering himself into this moment... <laughs> By doing this will help him. So it's be more, more like accurate. a chi, like his chi, or like yes, his, it's his it's his that. religion and his practice. And so I feel like that I could see that, but it's I feel true. Like, both... like you just see something about him, and the way they wrote about the character just makes you believe that there's so much more to him. And I think I think that part of part of the reason why I want to believe he's force sensitive, and even I think Baze is force sensitive a little bit. You think so? Because yeah, because his some friend? of the stuff yeah. Because some of the stuff they pull off, I feel like 
You wouldn't be able it's to almost do. unbelievable yeah. if they're like think about the part he takes out all the stormtroopers right yeah and then all those stormtroopers come up and Baze just goes doo, 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 and true, drops all of them true, true, true. I feel like he's doing some force shit right there yeah um so maybe they do have a history of some sort but it's weird because you would think I mean the whole time it almost felt like his character just got so annoyed that his friend believed in the force oh Baze? yeah yeah, yeah but then at the end he does Baze does it. the whole yeah he says um, it. the force is with me and i'm one with the force when truth's dying yeah but he's trying to comfort him but he keeps saying it after he dies he does he says it while he's marching on the death this is troopers. true this is true i don't know i the thing is, is they i were, do think you're right though it would be cool if it had, like a comic book or some kind of and i think book. i think Baze did believe at one point because they were both guardians of the temple on jetta and at one point, the first line where they ever mentioned Baze's name, Chirut says, Baze Malbus used to be one of the most devoted guardians of us all. So I almost feel like Baze was super faithful, mm. and then something shook him. Yeah. Maybe like the Empire coming or whatever. Something made him like... Yeah. Which is super interesting. I would love to see that in a comic book or even like a cartoon series yep. or something. I think that Chirut and Baze are really cool characters, and I like them a lot. Um, and the last character I want to talk about... Because I actually really liked him, and for some reason, a lot of people overlook him, and I don't know why. I think he's fantastic. Is Bodie Rook, the pilot. Oh, I think he's great. Yeah, I like Bodie a lot. And I love, I think the reason I like Bodie is because I feel like out of all of them, I would, if I was anybody on that team, I would be Bodie. Because I would be the guy that's just piloting and doesn't want to fight, and I gotta like take the cable and run back and not get shot, and like that's. I feel like Bodhi is the is the guy who's like really scared and nervous, but he's trying to be a hero. You know what I mean? I also feel like he is the essence of Rogue One. He is the start. He is the beginning of when they went rogue because because um, Jin's dad handed it to him and said, "This is your chance. It's true. Yeah, this is your chance to prove yourself." Can oh my you, god, I am so attracted to you right now. I can't believe you're remembering all these details. Can you make this happen? And even though he is a scaredy cat, like all of us, he yeah, that's, that's had it. the Rogue One moment of, of starting this huge series of events that he and I love never that known. he steals the ship that they end up taking mm-hmm. to Scarif. Yeah. And like he gives them the fake he it's comes like up with the Rogue he, One call sign. Like wants to do all of the rebel things like and really be, you know, go rogue, but he never truly wants to. Like his desire is like I'd rather everyone be safe and happy. And that's what You know what he's like? He's like the cowardly lion. His heart's in the right yes. place. It's just a matter of getting himself to do it. Right. And he has the skill. He has the skill, but he, I mean, he doesn't want to fight. Yeah. And that's just like, that's, I think, what is attractive to me about his character is that he, like, saw the opportunity to come back from something and he's scared the entire time. Mm-hmm. The entire movie, all the way up to his death. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's, that's the best part about his death, though, because... He finishes his mission, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he has that ray of hope. He like he just sends the transmission. Yeah. He sends the transmission done. and then Done. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So well done. It was. I also really like um I thought it was a very interesting change of pace. Again, major spoilers, but all the main characters die, which yeah. I think is crazy for Star Wars. Like It was definitely a lot to swallow the first time I saw it. I was like Oh my god, when I like K2SO, looked at Josh like 
did that just happen? Yeah. Like, did you, did I just witness all those people dying? And ironically, the hardest death to swallow was K2SO, the one person who wasn't even a human being. Yeah. I thought had the most touching, although Chirut's death was pretty. Yeah. Because Baze gets all emotional. Yep. That was pretty crazy. And I really liked Bodhi, yeah, so Bodhi's death sucked. So that was a In sad fact, death. like, it sucked that Cassian died, but I thought that Cassian and Jin's death on the beach was probably my least... Like, it, was, it wasn't very least. memorable. No, like, they held hands. I feel like then... it was more of, like, a nod to, like, all of the wives that got dragged along and were like... <laughs> look at them, they're in love. Oh, look and at that beach and they're gonna die. And, but they're on the beach and it's fine. But I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, they could have done way better on that death, on that one. I thought so, too. I thought all the other because, deaths like, were really Because, like, you know, gratifying. they were up on that huge tower. They could have, like, fallen off on accident or something. <laughs> that would have been a better death if they <laughs> fell off the tower. Well, I mean, like, we I want thought, drama. See, we see want I had drama. thought that it would have been really cool if they didn't show... Sorry. I didn't know why you No, did. no, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, I thought it would have been really cool if they didn't show them die. If, like, yeah. the planet, the base got destroyed and the implication was that they died. Like, the last yeah, thing they, they really saw... they really didn't need to because there were so many dramatic deaths of characters yeah, in love. Yeah, I thought it would have been cool if, like, the last thing that Jin and Cassian saw was the Death Star firing mm -hmm. and then you cut away. Yeah. And you don't see what happens to them. That's a good point, actually. But... And you know what other deaths really made me sad? Were, um, the pilots that were trying to get in the shield before oh, they <laughs> the shield closes oh, on them? Oh, my God. That would happen to me. One thing that I thought was I really I would be cool. like, all right, I'm going in. And then next thing you know, <laughs> goosh, right into a shield. Like, I, I would be really the fly cool. into the... Oh, my phone's ringing. I would be the fly into the... Michigan is calling me. No, thank you, Michigan. What do you call that? Bug zapper. That's yeah, essentially exactly. what that looked like. I thought it was cool, too, that like in... I'm super excited. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to watch Rogue One and then go straight into A New Hope, mm -hmm. which is going to be phenomenal. But I really liked how... Um, in Rogue One, there's Blue Squadron, and Blue Squadron goes down to Scarif and does all the fighting on the planet. And because they all die, there's no Blue Squadron in A New Hope. Mm. And it's such a cool kind of like backward storytelling, you know, because we all know in A New Hope there's no Blue Squadron. So when they introduce Blue Squadron in Rogue One, you're like, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ships here that obviously don't make it because they're not in A New Hope. Yeah. I really liked Admiral Raddus, too. Um, sucks that he died. Um, although one thing that I think is kind of a disconnect... And I don't want to ramble about this forever. But one thing that I think is kind of a disconnect... You, your dream would be to ramble about I know. this forever. <laughs> one thing that I kind of think is a disconnect that threw me a little bit at first is the Rebel fleet is so huge in Rogue One. And then when you get to A New Hope, the Rebel fleet is so tiny. Like, there's so few ships. Yeah. Um, and... They didn't introduce Mon Calamari commanders until Return of the Jedi. There were no Mon Calamari at the Battle of Yavin, as far as we know. So it just seems weird. I felt like they borrowed a little too much from Return of the Jedi, which happens way later. Like I feel yeah. like because they borrowed so heavily from Return of the Jedi, that doesn't line up quite as well. But it's also an amazing movie and an amazing ending, and I'm not complaining. Right. Oh, and the Darth Vader scene is the greatest minute in Star Wars cinematic history. Like, when we watched it in our house just now, like, a couple of days ago. It still gives me chills. He, like, got all antsy, like, right before this scene. Like, and he was just like, oh my god, I can't wait I don't think I'm this. ever going to get tired of seeing that scene. Like, <laughs> Rogue One may not be my favorite Star Wars movie, but that minute is probably my favorite minute in all of Star Wars. It is so good. And did you know that almost didn't make it into the movie? That was a last minute thing. What? Yeah. 
um, someone, I think it was the director, Gareth Edwards, was told that they needed more Darth Vader in the film. Good and God. And so he was like, all right, we'll just have a scene where Darth Vader goes apeshit. And it's, it ended up being like the best it's scene awesome. in the You're whole like, movie. You're like, they're not going to get away. They're not going to get away. Because uh, you would imagine that Darth Vader would be angry if, if he found out his information. And he would, he would do that. Yep. So it's brilliant. I thought it was really good. And the other thing that people didn't like in the theater when we watched it, and sometimes I, really I think like people like, and we, when I watched it in a different theater, like we're as, weren't as bad, but the people that were there opening night are probably, you know, your hardcore fans. And <laughs> this guy was like, oh, are you kidding me? Really? When they, yeah. when, when. Princess Leia turns around and she's CGI'd and she says hope. Oh, says hope. hope. And granted, I mean, I kind of felt that's the same. It. That's that, all she says is that, hope. That's all she says is hope. You know what's funny? That is not even a voice actress. That hope, they just took that from a from sound a bite different. from A New Hope. Yeah. yeah. So when, you know, when. Uh, well, I think new, that's nice. That's authentic. Yep. In A New Hope, when Princess Leia says, Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're, You're my, my only hope. That hope is what oh they stuck goodness. in. Well, that's pretty Rogue brilliant, Warner. though. I just think it's fine, you know, because I think what it really did was help the people that aren't huge Star Wars fans to understand. Oh, that's Princess Leia. I get. How yeah. does that fit in? I get it, but like to me, it was unnecessary. Like the Tarkin CGI, I came around to because you can't tell a Death Star story without Tarkin. Like he, the Death Star is his baby. Well, you what about really this? didn't what about need this? to show Leia at the end. Like they what could have handed this? off the plans. They could have just not had her turn around. What? A... God, you won't even let me say. Sorry, it. sorry. You won't ahead. even let me Is that say. What you were gonna say? Yes. Okay, say it. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'll pretend like. Like they could have just had her standing there in her white getup with the buns. Like yep. the buns themselves say a lot. I agree. So I can understand that. I do think that handing off the information is what also helps people understand that it's connected to a different movie, though. Right, but I think that what would have been perfect, because Captain Antilles takes the plants, and he goes on to the Tantive Four, and the door opens, right? And you probably remember this shot. The door opens, and you see the back of Princess Leia. If I had been ending that movie, which, granted, I'm sure there's a million... This is what Star Wars fans love to do. They love to talk about what they would change. But for my money, I think a better ending would have been Captain Antilles enters the room and the door closes. Mm. And the Tantive Four flies away. Because you would have seen the back of Princess Leia. You would have seen that she was there. You would have known the information was there. Yep. And you know that she's on... I mean, the ship is the same ship at the beginning of A New Hope. Like, that's the ship. Yeah. Well, I mean, away. I didn't know that. You knew that. Everyone. I, everyone knows that. No, because I didn't know that, Josh. You're going to... When we watch it... When we watch it back to back, oh, you're going to be like, oh, God. that makes so much sense. Yeah, well, you know what? I didn't know right now. I just found that out. That's true. Everybody doesn't know everything you know, <laughs> which is why you I'm are sorry. the champion of Trivial Pursuit. Well, you know. Um, anyway, I talked for about 10 minutes longer than I meant to about Rogue One. So I think that that's probably a good place to cap. We had about a half hour of pregnancy talk, and we had almost a half hour of Rogue One talk. Yep, I think that's fine. So, do um, you have any closing remarks for our listeners i'm very excited for us to do our death star double feature yes the Rogue death star double Hope. feature will be great the baby coming will be great it will be great and uh um any pregnant or 
going to be mommies and daddies out there, you should know there's this really cute um, Star Wars artist yes. that when we were at PAX, we ran into another pregnant couple who mentioned it. I forget what I'm it's gonna called. I'm going to find it. You keep talking. But I'm going to find the name so I can plug it. Based on Winnie the Pooh type of imagery. And so it has like all these Star Wars characters um, as kind of like the Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. And I think Chewie's like the Eeyore. Anyway, it's a beautiful no, artistry. And um, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh. This is uh, artist James Hance, yes. I believe. He's overseas. Oh, I don't think this is the right... No, no. No, he is. That's right. It is? This first one here? Yeah. Bored Panda. What? Dot com. This is it. Oh, this is the article. Yeah. Um, where's the... Oh, it's so cute, just looking it at it. It is him. so cute. We're hoping to get some for the nursery. So it's, yeah, so the artist is, um, James Hance, and his work, oh, that's what it's called. His work is called Wookie the Chew, and it's Chewbacca as Winnie the Pooh in some classic Winnie the Pooh illustrations, and usually Christopher Robin is either Han Solo or Luke or Leia, um, and R2-D2's Piglet, and it's mm -hmm. super adorable. So really good geek addition to any Star Wars nursery, and we hope to add some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that does it for us uh, this week. I have been Josh. I have always been Amy. I love you. I know.